another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be discussing our 2020 rookie recap for fantasy football. So we'll be discussing the rookies who are fantasy relevant and close to fantasy relevant at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and I guess we'll talk about a little bit about tight end too. Um, and we'll be talking about those guys and their potential fantasy relevance and what we think of them for next year. And so as the fantasy season is getting closer and closer, it, there are those people who don't follow uh, football during the offseason, which astounds me, of course. But, like, if you don't follow football during the offseason, over the next two weeks we're giving you this week a draft recap and the next week an offseason moves recap. Um, so, Chris, I know I'm excited. And I have gotten my mic, guys. As you can hear, I have gotten my mic. So I'm really excited yeah, to record We've got some good sound quality coming your way, guys, so it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and we fixed up the Wi-Fi from last week where it was, like, really glitching out and stuff, so we should be fine. Chris and I have both got a mic now. Uh, we're back again, and we are going to make this the best episode ever. So we'll start with quarterback, and we are giving you uh, fantasy-relevant quarterbacks, and I think there's only three that you could really argue for, but we're going to talk about five just because there are five interesting guys here. And we'll start with mm-hmm. the most obvious, Joe Burrow, who's actually, I think, my number 12 or 13 QB in my fantasy rankings right now. So, Chris, I really like Joe Burrow like, next year, and I think he's, he's one of my favorite values for fantasy football. Yeah, I, I do like Joe Burrow. I wouldn't, I'm not with you on being one of my favorite values or being 12 to 13. I think he's more around that 16, 15 and 16 range. But, yeah, Joe Burrow is, is uh, way above everyone else in terms of rookie relevance in fantasy. So I think that – He's going to be that guy that's really draftable as a rookie quarterback. I wouldn't see you drafting any of the other four on this list or anyone else for that for that matter in the entire draft. And I just think that he's overall just the most talented and in the best situation to perform next year. Yeah, I definitely like Joe Burrow. And I think I can see your ranking of 16, 15 or 16. I just have him a little higher because I really like his potential mm-hmm. and the weapons around him. Uh, by the way, guys, we are recording this um, on Sunday night, and it'll be released uh, at midnight Eastern time on Monday morning, most likely. Um, so, it, it, uh, so it'll be released at midnight Eastern time. And um, so, yeah, just so you guys know, we weren't really able to get together to record uh, – on Monday. So we are recording this on Sunday, a day early, so that we can get you your fantasy knowledge. And so just so you know, if it comes out a little early, that's because we've recorded it on Sunday night. But I mean, I definitely like Burrow's potential. And I, Chris, again, I can see why you have him there. But much of the mid-tier quarterbacks, I'm not so high on next year. And that's why I have Burrow ahead of a lot of them. Um, next player yeah, is... I think that I think that Burrow can be better than them. I just don't know. I don't feel like we've seen a really good rookie quarterback like and and Joe Burrow, none of these rookie quarterbacks are in a great situation compared to what we saw last year with like Kyler Murray and a few years ago Baker Mayfield. Those were much better situations than Joe Burrow is in mm-hmm. because Joe Burrow literally has very very little offensive weapons and then a pretty bad offensive line. Well, I feel like with Murray, Murray's offensive line mm-hmm. wasn't all that great. Although since he's a running quarterback, I, that's, yeah, I think that's the rushing quarterback, the rushing quarterback. Yeah, that's what I should say. I, I think that the rushing quarterback, uh, the rushing ability of Kyler Murray is what made him a better rookie quarterback choice than Joe Burrow is this year. Yeah, I think, well, well, Kyler Murray was the number eight quarterback this year, keep that in mind, or last year. And I think Deshaun Watson started playing in his rookie season, didn't he? Um, Or was it not? Uh, I don't remember. I know Baker did. Yeah. And then Baker was like three or four weeks in. Yeah. But I mean, I guess rookie quarterbacks can have mixed results, but I think Burrow is one of the more talented rookie quarterbacks to enter the league. And I think Mm -hmm. he's better than Kyler Murray, but he just doesn't have that rushing ability that Kyler Murray has. So Kyler Murray is better in fantasy. Um, Yeah, Burrow kind of reminds me as as an 
of an early round Tom Brady. Like someone, I know Tom Brady went really late in the draft. I think 199th, late sixth round. But I think that Joe Burrow is a really guy that goes at the top of the draft, but he kind of plays like Tom Brady. He's a really elite and accurate quarterback. He throws a lot, and he's very able to uh, kind of just sit in the pocket and deliver, which he's not a huge running quarterback. I mean, maybe more agile and versatile than Tom Brady is, but he reminds me a lot of Brady. Yeah, I think he's sort of that traditional pocket passer in where pocket passers are sort of going Mm -hmm. out of style. But he can still be good in the NFL because guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady are still good in the NFL. Uh, who are traditional pocket passers. Next, we've got Tua Tagovailoa, who I really love next year. If it wasn't for the injury risk, I would love him because I think he's got great weapons. He's got Jordan Howard at Matt Breida at running back, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams at wide receiver, and an emerging young tight end in Mike Gesicki. And, um, but I just think the injury risk is so huge. And even without the injury, I'm trying to remember where it was. Was it like a hip injury that yeah. plagued him last mm-hmm. year? Um, but he, even without that injury, he still had multiple different injuries to deal with. So he's been a bit banged up throughout his college career. And if he's banged up in the college career, I don't see any reason for that to change in the NFL. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you that I don't think he's going to be very relevant. But I do think that – I wouldn't say it's because of injury risk. I think it's because he's not going to see much action this year. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still capable of being a starter, especially over Tua. And I think they're going to want him to sit back a year because the Dolphins aren't in – win now mode but I think in two years they'll be playoff contenders yeah I can see that I think there's a chance to starts week one but there's also a chance no the whole no season. there's no chance to two will not start week one definitely not I think he might I don't think I don't think, think I think he might he might I don't think he's gonna start a game past week 10 this season okay I mean I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked I wouldn't if he be surprised if he didn't start the entire season yeah, me either. I just wouldn't be shocked if he started week one either. There's a wide I range of be. things. Because, I would be. I, I mean, the talent he... is there. It's just the injury risk. No, it's not the injury risk. I think it's because if he, if he, they, the Dolphins wouldn't have drafted him if they didn't think he had injury risk. I mean, if they mm. thought that he was too risky to play because of injury risk. The reason he's not going to play week one is because of Ryan Fitzpatrick, because he needs to develop a little bit. Okay. I mean, we don't know if the Dolphins' judgment will turn out to be correct, though. Um, Maybe, but we'll yeah, see. Tagovailoa is a tough player to predict. Um, next, mm-hmm. we got Justin Herbert, who I think will be outside of fantasy relevance, although he may start week one over Tyrod Taylor. Um, no. Herbert, I don't believe in Herbert's talent, though, Chris. In my opinion, Joe Burrow is the only rookie quarterback that's going to be starting week one, and that's like I'm mm-hmm. 98% sure that, that Joe Burrow will be the only one. Justin well, Herbert, I think that talent-wise he can be good in a few years, but right now he's not ready to take over for Tyrod Taylor. I feel like – no, actually, I feel like Herbert may start week one. Taylor's no, not that great. No, he definitely won't. He will not. Okay, we'll see definitely. about this. So he you say t- Tua and Herbert definitely won't. So if one of them does, definitely. then I Definitely, like, like 99% sure. Okay. Tua well, I mean, I'm not saying that they'll obviously start week one. I think Herbert may very well. I think there's a small chance that Tua does. Or maybe not a small chance. I mean, there have been some I mean, but you're, you're basically – Justin Herbert, who went after Tua, you're saying that you're basically saying that Tyrod Taylor is worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's kind of he debatable. is. Yeah, he kind of okay, is. Maybe that, yeah, but I don't, <laughs> he's not bad enough to not start Week One. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick's good when he has low expectations, so I don't know <laughs> what the general expectations are for him. But um, yeah, if I'm saying he's good, then maybe he'll be bad next year, and maybe I'll be proven wrong. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is bad, guys, um, and then he'll play well. Next, we got Jordan Love, who won't see much fantasy action this year. And I think in a few years, though, I mean, in Green Bay, he may, he'll probably have some relevance as a, a franchise QB, especially with a few years to develop. But this year, Chris, there's no chance that he starts unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Yeah, unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, it's Jordan Love. And 
Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been hurt other than that one broken collarbone, I mean, for most of his career. So I wouldn't expect anything from Love. And then our number five, Jalen Hurts, the only relevance he could have is maybe as an RB. But right now they've got Miles Sanders and they've got Boston Scott. So even if he did take some time at RB, I don't think it's going to be much. Yeah, the Eagles, I don't think, are going to start Hurts over Wentz, of course. Wentz is their franchise guy. So it was a little surprising when they drafted Hurts. But I think they have big plans for him as sort of a Taysom Hill type of player. So that'll be yeah, interesting. Possibly. But Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts are guys you really need to keep an eye on more for the future. This year, they're not going to be relevant at all. Hurts, I think Love has a better chance of being relevant than Hurts because Hurts, uh, we, we don't really know what's going to happen. Hurts' future is more uncertain, I feel like. Love, we know in a few years, will be the franchise quarterback of the uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, mm-hmm. So who's yep. your favorite, Chris? I think this is pretty obvious, your favorite fantasy Yeah, QB. Joe Burrow. I mean, because he's the only one that I think is going to be starting that I would say – for sure, we'll start a game this season. I don't think that anyone else is for sure. I'd say I'd give it a 50% chance that any other quarterback starts this season. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I would say – or actually, 50% that any of them any of them start at all? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, maybe I'd put it – I'd probably put it a little bit higher than that. But, I mean, I can see that. It's sort of a toss-up. Uh, I've also got Burrow, but um, I really like Burrow. I think Burrow, even if you value him like Chris does, we've been in a lot of ESPN mock drafts, and we've been seeing Burrow go, like, in the last round of fantasy drafts. So even if you have him at 16 like Chris, that's still a good value. So I, I would still yeah, look for him is. unless his stock mm-hmm. rises over the summer. Yeah, I think that he's gonna a guy that's going to go under the radar. And people forget that, like, Kyler Murray was still really good even when he was a number one pick. And now that I kind of think about it, I don't think Joe Burrow's in too terrible of a situation. I mean, he has some receivers. He has T. T Higgins now. So I think that he could be good. Yeah, I mean, you're forgetting A.J. Green and Joe Mixon, of course. The yeah, offensive line AJ is a Green, concern. Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon. Yeah, the, the offensive line is absolutely terrible, but... Other than that, Joe Burrows actually has some pretty good weapons. He has good weapons at the skill positions. Yeah. It's, the offensive line, it hurts, though, because it's like I really want to just absolutely all-out love Joe Burrow next year, but I can't because offensive lines are so crucial for a guy who needs yeah. time, time to get mm-hmm. a, a throw-off. And it's the same thing with, like, Jared Goff, who's a young quarterback who just wilts under pressure. We can't. You can't have a rookie quarterback just facing insane blitzes on day one. It's like, I mean – Dwayne Haskins has a good offensive line, but the Redskins were really banged up at the end of last year. So he was facing a lot of blitzes and that wasn't really helping him in his growth and development. So we'll go to RB and uh, the main RB for next year, I think is Clyde Edwards Hilaire that you should be looking for in your fantasy drafts. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was pretty much drafted into a perfect situation in Kansas city. And while Damian Williams may be the starter out of the gate, uh, Edwards Hilaire is almost certainly going to take over at some point. So Chris, I have Edwards Hilaire is about a mid tier RB two, and I might have him higher except for, I love the top 18 of the, or 17 or 18 of the RB class. Yeah, I totally agree with you on Edwards Hilaire. I don't, I, it's kind of a toss up whether or not Damian Williams or Edwards Hilaire is going to be the uh, starter. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I feel like Edwards Hilaire is maybe not, he may, he'll probably, he, there's a great chance he does way better than a mid-tier RB2, but like upside versus downside, you have to weigh that. So I'd say he's, you could draft him as a mid-tier RB2 with top 12 upside. Honestly, he has top 12 upside for, for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I told, I actually agree with everything you're saying about his value, Calvin. I think that he's around that mid-tier RB2. Uh, there are some guys that I like a little bit better, so I don't have him like up at the top of RB2s, but I think that he will be good, and yeah, he, he definitely has top 12 upside. Yeah, for sure. He's It's just there are consistent guys like Chris Carson that you can take safely above him. But um, mm-hmm. Edwards Hilaire, he's clearly the top rookie RB for me. Some people, I don't know who is anyone saying Jonathan Taylor should be better. 
But if they are, then they're a little bit crazy. There's an argument for Taylor and Dynasty because a few years down the road, if Marlon Mack departs from Indianapolis, then Taylor could truly be a workhorse back. Um, so there's an argument for Taylor in Dynasty leagues, but no argument in redraft leagues. So I think Edwards Allaire is the clear number one rookie RB. And I think he yep. should also be the 101 in Dynasty rookie drafts, which I guess have already happened, but still. Um, next guy is our number two RB of both of ours is Jonathan Taylor who I've got at sort of a back-end RB2 range, but he's also got some upside. Marlon Mack is going to share carries most likely, but Marlon Mack may also get hurt. Um, so, Chris, I don't know what, exactly what you think about his value, but I think he's another upside rookie pick that you can look for. Yeah, I, I like Jonathan Taylor next year. I think I like him a little bit more than you do, Calvin. I think he's a really good runner. He needs to work on some fumbling, but the main concern is Marlon Mack, like you said. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it was a good draft choice by the Colts, and I don't know, maybe they're ready to – kind of depart from Marlon Mack, not necessarily from a team standpoint, but just from a playtime standpoint. So we'll see. I mean, Jonathan Taylor definitely has the skill to be a top fantasy RB. Yeah, for sure. If Marlon Mack wasn't there, I'd love him next year. But Marlon I mean, Mack, I, I feel I like – go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying Marlon Mack I don't think is going away um, next year. So that's just my main issue is that Marlon Mack is also, – he's also a good guy in the red zone. So he may be taking some touchdowns from Taylor as well. Yeah, that's true. For, um, sometimes for fantasy owners. Um, uh, I next, lost my trending thought. Yeah, go ahead. Move on. Next RB, we've got Cam Akers, who I have, I think around, I think around between like 24 and 26. Um, yeah, Chris, I think you have him somewhere in this range, but I think it, he's going to be the guy who comes out of that three-headed monster victorious with between Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, and he'll get the most carries out of them for sure. I mean, they drafted him over J.K. Dobbins, so there's something to be said for that. Yeah, Calvin and I, I mean, whenever we do mock drafts, we both hate uh, anyone else other than Cam Akers in that three-headed monster. I don't yeah. think that Malcolm Brown is going to have much of an impact, and I definitely don't think that uh, Daryl Henderson is going to have much of an impact. I actually think that there's a good possibility that Malcolm Brown could outplay Daryl Henderson yeah. in fantasy points just because he gets touchdowns more often, I think. And he's a more talented player, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, Brown, I Brown, I wouldn't say I hate because he's going undrafted in leagues like he should, but I would say I hate Henderson, who's being way overvalued in mock drafts yeah. when I see Yep, I totally um, agree. And then Cam Akers is just a guy that's kind of going to come through that whole muddled mess of uh, Henderson and Brown, and I think he's going to just be pretty good. I don't think that he's going to be Jonathan Taylor or Edward Taylor, uh level, but I do think that he can definitely be a guy that can compete in for a running back two spot. Yeah, he's an upside pick, but not like a top 12 or maybe even top 18 upside pick. He's maybe Yeah, a but I think he has a – he has a very low floor, though. That's the bad thing. Yeah, it's hard to That's decide. With these with rookie him. running backs, especially when they have other running backs on the roster and when they come out and say it's going to be a three-headed monster, you never know if they're actually saying it's going to be a three-headed monster. We're going to split the carries. Each player gets one-third. If, or if it's going to end up where Cam Akers is getting two-thirds and then the two other running backs are sharing a third. You never really know. Yeah. I mean, it's I hard- hope that for Cam Akers that it's two-thirds. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine him getting any higher than 22 or 23 unless a miracle happens. But you have to remember, after about 22, there was a massive drop-off in running back production. So if mm-hmm. Akers can get up um, to 22, I mean, he's pretty close to those. And there's so many elite guys up there, and then there's just a huge cliff that they all fall off of. So Akers is sort mm-hmm. of – and, and what I've been seeing in mock drafts is Akers is the last RB that goes drafted that I would actually be – 
like set that I actually kind of like next year. And I wouldn't, I don't really love him as a flex just because I have high standards at RB. But I think if you have regular standards at RB, I think he's a fine flex. So it, with an, a fine upside flex, if you have like maybe a decent wide receiver three to go with him just in case. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe next, like a decent RB wide receiver three. You could say Darius Slayton, you know? Yeah. Next, we've got a guy. Oh, Chris, <gasps> Calvin. What? You just agreed to Darius Slayton. Wait, I did. No, RB3. I was saying yeah because it's yes. like yes, wait, Calvin. Oh, oh no! Yes. Oh no! Yes. Thank no, you, I Calvin. Was, no, no, I was agreeing with Calvin. It's good. It's you're on the no, good no, no. side now. No, 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 Calvin, no, 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 no I'm saying side. you oh should draft gosh, a wide receiver. Can we all take a moment to thank Calvin for finally realizing what Darius Slayton is next year? I mean, that is just okay. No, no, I was just agreeing that you need a wide receiver three. Swift and I don't think that DeAndre Swift is going to have much value next year. I mean. No, Chris, I mean, don't just move on. No, no, no. We're staying here. <laughs> I was agreeing with you that you were talking about a wide receiver three that you need with Acres. I'm not saying Slayton is. Slayton's like top – is a borderline number of like 40 guy for me. So he's a little outside of the wide receiver three range. So, I mean – Yeah, Darius Slayton for me is I think number 26 maybe. <laughs> Calvin does not like that ranking, but I think – I'm going up gonna, closer – I'm going up closer to my yeah, mic to blow on it. He's a good connection with Daniel Jones, so I think that I think that that's going to really show next year. And I trust that Darius Slayton has the ability to be a, a a top end wide receiver three, and maybe even a back end wide receiver two. I'm really close to my mic. <sighs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> Anyways, for all the viewers, the lesson learned is that oh Darius Slayton is definitely a good wide receiver draft pick. Wait, I just realized how awful that probably sounded to you guys who are listening, just listening to that blowing noise. Oh, sorry, oh. guys. That's okay. I mean, <laughs> I was doing it on purpose, so it's excusable. Um, I wonder how my mic handled that. Let's go with DeAndre Swift, who we both hate. And Chris, you, I mean, you were in the middle of talking about him trying to get past Slayton. So why don't you, we go to you first. first Swift. Yeah, I, I, I kind of said DeAndre Swift doesn't have much value because I was just trying to move on. So I wasn't thinking about what I said, but I, it's not that I don't think he has value. I just don't like him that much next year. I think he's being a little bit overdrafted. And I think that right now, Carryon Johnson is the more proven and better mm-hmm. player. And I think that the Lions are going to end up going with more like a, a somewhere between a 60-40 for, I don't know which side it's going to be on, but like a 60-40. And that just doesn't make me love DeAndre Swift. I think that he's going to get the short end of that 60-40 split. Carryon taking the other 60, but... I think that he has potential in the next few years, like a lot of these guys do, but I just don't think it's this year. Yeah, I mean, for me, Swift would be uh, – Swift, Swift I really don't like because with Johnson, Johnson's carries weren't even really there that much last year. And then it's not only that, it's like uh, Swift – now Swift comes in. Like Johnson was getting about 12 carries, 11 carries a game. Now you split that up, even 50-50 – that's brutal, especially for a rookie RB who may not put up those big gains uh, too often. So Swift, I, I would avoid him in your drafts uh, for sure. Um, we'll mm-hmm. go to Keyshawn Vaughn, who, Chris, you, I know you like Ronald Jones, but I feel like Keyshawn Vaughn's really going to hurt his value, and that's why I don't like Ronald Jones. Keyshawn Vaughn has, is a nice upside pick to potentially take over from Jones, but um, I, I don't think Vaughn will be, do too much, at least next year. They'll probably be in an ugly timeshare over there in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agreed with everything you said after you said uh, that you don't think that Ronald Jones is going to very, be very good. I think that actually this might surprise people, but I think that both the Tampa Bay RBs are going to be good. I think that they're going to have a 50-50 split or not, maybe not 50-50, maybe eventually it could work into a 50-50. But I think that both these players are going to get a lot of touches and I think people are going to be surprised at the 
Bucks all of a sudden have a backfield, and I think that it's actually going to be pretty good, and people are going to be surprised. So just watch out. I like Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn both a lot next year, considering what they're go- what they're being valued at. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's difficult. I don't like – I don't hate them at their value. I don't love them at their value. Vaughn's more the upside guy for me. But there's an interesting argument here. The Bucks passed so much last year with Jameis Winston. With Brady, Tom Brady coming in, they may not pass as much because Brady's arm strength is declining and his accuracy is declining. So I could see – I wouldn't be shocked if there are more carries to go for that backfield. So, Chris, there isn't a – I mean, I see where you're coming from with the uh, two Tampa Bay RBs could be good. I don't think they will, but I think there is a chance that uh, the one of them, the, the, the carries for that backfield increases um, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily know that they're going to be good through carries, but more through just skill and having the box open because of the threat of Tom Brady. That's true. And then they got Evans and Godwin and then Gronk over yeah. the middle. That's actually a really – I would hate to be a defense facing the Buccaneers offense right now, mm-hmm. even with the less than stellar running backs. Uh, next we've got J.K. Dobbins. He's another guy I really think isn't going to get enough carries to be productive this year, although I like him more than a guy like DeAndre Swift in terms of talent. Er, actually, yeah, I, I'll say – that's a tough one. I don't know in terms of talent, but I think anyway, I was just saying, I'm just saying Dobbins is sort of like DeAndre Swift in that he won't get very many carries next year. I feel like, but what do you think about Dobbins, Chris? Yeah, I I don't think Dobbins is going to get very many carries next year. Also. I think that Mark Ingram is still the guy in for Baltimore. And then obviously you have Lamar Jackson taking away from those uh, carries of JK Dobbins. So overall, I don't think there's much of a slice of the pie left for JK Dobbins next year, but I mean, Maybe the Ravens will get rid of Mark Ingram next year. You don't really know. So I guess not this year, but I keep on saying this about so many rookies because they all have so much potential, but definitely in coming years, he's a guy to look at. Dynasty guy, yeah. If you have the, mm-hmm. I guess dynasty leagues have like three-year contracts. In year three, you could be looking at a pretty nice guy right there, J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. So he's better picking dynasty than he is in redraft leagues. Uh, also, Zach Moss is a guy that I really don't like next year because um, and Chris, you basically said everything I wanted to say about Dobbins, so you, I couldn't have said it better myself. But um, Dobbins, or no, not Dobbins, Zach Moss is a guy who not only is he going to be deprived of touchdowns because we saw Devin single. Terry getting touchdowns stolen from Josh Allen next last year. Now that Zach Moss comes in, there's going to be even less touchdowns to go around. And I think Singletary, he really proved himself, even though he was a third round pick last year. So he'll pretty much easily beat out Moss. And I think Singletary is super talented, even though he doesn't get touchdowns. So I think Moss will be on the bad end of a 70-30 split, at least in his rookie year while he needs to develop. Yeah, I don't like Zach Moss at all. It was actually a surprising pick for me by the Bills. I think there were a lot of better options. And I think he, I think he was a fourth rounder, maybe. It was like a third, I think. Was it? Mm, yeah, I, think, it was I believe it was a third or fourth, somewhere in that, somewhere in that day two range, late, uh, like mid day two draft picks. But uh, I think the thing with Zach Moss is, is that there's just not much left. And like you said, Calvin, the Josh Allen is gonna take away most of the touchdowns. And I think that it, this draft pick kind of told. Me, it felt like the Bills had given up on Devin Singletary, which was a little weird for me because I think that Devin Singletary is more talented than, than it feels like the Bills are, are representing him as right now by taking Zach Moss. So I think that Devin Singletary is still the better player, and that means he'll be the better fantasy running back because obviously you want the best running back playing for your team. So I think that Devin Singletary will be getting a lot more touches. 
I mean, I kind of disagree with you, though, that the Bills, I agree that Singletary will get a lot more touches, but I think the Bills do, still do value Singletary. It's just that Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, was emphasizing that he wanted multiple running backs to be splitting the carries next year. And so, I mean, yes, he is high on TJ Yeldon, but he still, I think it was pretty clear that he still wanted another guy, and he got that oh, in yeah. So I don't think they're undervaluing Singletary at all. I didn't know that. So I, after you telling me that, I think I would agree with you that I think that they're just kind of looking for another guy probably. Yeah, they're not undervaluing Singletary for me. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, so we'll go to number eight, Antonio Gibson, who is a another high upside pick. Every, every rookie must be a high upside pick. Um, but Antonio Gibson will have a lot of competition for touches. And what Ron Rivera was saying about him, the head coach of the Redskins, was that he would play on special teams and in select packages in his rookie year. So that doesn't really sound good to me for his fantasy value, especially with Darius Geis, Bryce Love, and uh, Adrian Peterson there. Obviously, he could prove himself and do well. And then he's also a running back and a wide receiver, so he can get a little bit of production. So, and actually, the more that I think about it, I think I may drop him out of my rankings or down a lot. So I don't really, I'm not really as big on him as other people are. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I write him right around that 60 range if he's not out of my rankings, but I just don't like him that much. I don't think that, I think that he's really versatile, but that doesn't really tend to work out in fantasy and I think it, for the first year, I, it tends to be more where where either your, your first year you kind of come in as a running back and a wide receiver, and then over that year you kind of work out what you are. And I think that that's kind of kind of be this year for Antonio Gibson, and I don't think that's going to lead to too many touches. And I think that a lot of his work is going to come in those special packages, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be getting big yard plays. I mean, maybe his special packages is like an end around or something, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like a so, Debo Samuel click. Uh, yeah, right. kind of. Yeah, but I don't think that he's going to have as much value as Debo Samuel will. I mean, best case is obviously Christian McCaffrey, but there's I don't think there's – even though he was compared to McCaffrey by uh, Ron Rivera, I don't think there's a chance that he comes to that in his first couple of years yeah, in the league. So, actually, I'm, I'm really torn on him, though, because it's like – I don't know if I want to put another, like – Eh, hand uh, like an average handcuff or a bad handcuff in my rankings and drop out Gibson. So he's at like yeah, 50 I'm, right now, but I'll probably... the main reason I, I think I, I'm actually not sure if I have Gibson in my rankings, but I don't, the main reason I, if I do have him in or that I don't mind him that much is because I would rather have him with so much upside than like a, just a random handcuff. That's not even going to be that good. Yeah, I agree. Um, But it's just, I, I, I don't even know. I, I, I'm not really sure who I would put at 61. Um, so maybe I'll move him to 60, but I think 50 might be a little high. And then maybe I say that and look at my 51 through 60, and I'm like, oh, these are all nasty. Gibson goes ahead. But, like, yeah, it's, it's – Yeah, I have Gibson at 57, and I like that spot. I think that – Yeah, I think that's a good spot. He's right above Benny Snell, A.J. Dillon, and Darrington Evans for me. Yeah, I dropped Benny Snell out of my top 60 because the Steelers drafted Anthony McFarland and with Jalen Samuels there. But I think Snell will still be the main handcuff there for rushes. Samuels will get the passes and McFarland will sneak in a few. So Snell's value as a handcuff goes down a little bit, but I would understand having him late in your top 60. Um, Mm -hmm. So we got also three more guys uh, who are really borderline fantasy value. We got Joshua Kelly here at uh, number nine and, this is an interesting one because the the Chargers drafted Kelly in the fourth round, I believe, and they're really high on him, even with uh, Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler there. So it's really unclear who's going to be better, Kelly or Jackson. And I gave Jackson the slight edge because he's proven it in the NFL, but it's really close between those two. For me, it's just a toss-up. 
Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a toss-up for me, too. I think I'll take Jackson just because I said that I read that the that the Chargers want Justin Jackson to have a role in that offense, and mm-hmm. I don't know what role Joshua Kelly's going to have. So I'll go with Jackson, but I think that Kelly could definitely be that second guy for the Chargers next year, and I think it's, like, practically a 50% chance that he will be. Yeah, it's it's basically a toss-up, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you um, there, Chris. Also, Darrington Evans is the next guy, and he's a guy who has no standalone value. And unless there's an injury to Derrick Henry, he won't see the field much for the Titans in his rookie year. So I don't really like these kind of handcuffs because the main point of a handcuff is to prevent injury. But if Derrick Henry is not really an injury-prone guy, then there's not really much point to having Evans. That's why I like mm-hmm. to get all five of my RBs before it's like starting to get into the, the Darrington Evans territory. And if I don't get all five of my RBs, then I just stick with four. Because usually, in a lot of mock drafts, what I've been doing is going RB, 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 first three rounds. So then I'm set on RB, maybe taking one more later, like Sony Michelle, who can drop a lot in drafts, even though he's still a starter. And then when I go get around to it, I'm like, oh, I need a fifth RB. And I look at the RBs and I, there's really no one I like. So if there's nobody you like, don't just take a fifth RB because it fills out your roster. You can stick with four. And then we're just talking about uh, 16 round drafts, by the way, with a defense and a kicker. So seven bench slots. Uh, so if you have five running backs, you don't feel the need to take five running backs if your top four are strong enough for you. There's, you don't have to just balance your roster. And I know I love yeah. having my roster balanced, but you don't have to do that. Uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I kind of disagree with you that on Calvin because I just love to have a balanced roster because it feels like that I'm most open to getting any waiver wire pick because I know who I already need to drop, what I have space for. Because if a if a wide receiver guy comes up that I like, sometimes and I, if I have six wide receivers or something, then I feel like I have to drop, like especially if I like my wide receivers, then I feel like I'm having to drop running backs. And it just kind of puts me in a tight spot, you know? Yeah, I mean, I see that. But it, then again, for me, I, I mean, it, maybe it's for just for me because your wide receiver or your draft strategy is certainly a little more heavy wide receiver than mine. But uh, I would say I always wait on wideouts. So what I like to do is wait for my top two and get some undervalues and then maybe get uh, just once I've loaded up on my top three or four running backs and then maybe tight end. Uh, I would just because I usually like to tight end is does need to be secure since there's a huge drop off at an early point in the tight end position. But I mean, what I'm just trying to say is that usually I just spend like a, a bunch of like those middle to late round picks on just dart throw wide receivers who I like their upside potential. Um, just cause I'm a little weaker on wide receiver than the rest of my positions. Yep. That's, um, fair. That's a good strategy. That's a, I mean, if I like to go, I, I kind of like to rotate off. I like to get a running back number one or not number one, but or as my first pick, and then maybe, depending on who's available, the second pick is kind of a best available for me. Mm-hmm. It depends on if I like the wide receiver that's there, then I go DJ with him. Moore. Or if I like the running back, yeah, DJ Moore. If, I like, <laughs> if, I, if DJ Moore is there normally in the second round, I mean, depending on what pick I have. But uh, if a running back is my favorite there, then I'll pick, take the running back. But then after that, it kind of – once I go into the third round, after the third round, I like to have two running backs and one wide receiver – and then I like to start to fill my roster out. Maybe I go for a third running back in the next round, or maybe I go for a tight end. Maybe I even go for a second wide receiver. After that, it's kind of just whatever I feel is best available at that point. And then towards the later rounds, I tried to balance out my roster, kind of five running backs, five wide receivers, two tight ends, two quarterbacks, a defense, and a kicker. Yeah, I mean, even if you're not as heavy as RB at I on, on RB as I am, which I'd be perfectly fine if you're as heavy on RB as I am, I would still say that you should um, draft at least two 
stud or not necessarily stud, at least two good RBs in the first four rounds. You got to have at least two. You can't just have one after the first four rounds. It does yep. not work unless you like really love Cam Akers or something. But um, it, it's you can't just wait on RB. You have to get RB. I mean, yeah. we're in half PPR leagues, which is the best format. Um, and uh, it's just it, even though the wide receivers are more valued, you can still get the pass catching RBs to make up for that. And it's only half PPR. Keep that in mind because a lot of the times in half PPR, people tend to overvalue the guys who get a lot of receptions. Not, um, but yeah, basically just mm-hmm. get two stud RBs in the first four rounds. Um, we'll go to our last running back is Anthony McFarland, who we just talked about. Anthony McFarland Jr. I don't think he should be drafted. I think he might be the number four RB on the Steelers' depth chart. In fact, so maybe sneak in a couple touches here and there. And since James Conner has injury risk, he has a little bit of value. But unlike some fantasy analysts, I would say he should not be drafted or be too close to being drafted. Um, but yeah. yeah. I, oh, wait. Um, yeah. Okay. Now we'll go to a uh, wide receiver. And um, so the first w- wide receiver we put down. Oh, we actually, we've skipped favorites. So, Chris, I think we, we, it looks like we have the same favorite, but uh, you can just tell us your favorite uh, RB for rookies in 2020. Yeah, I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I think it's kind of obvious. I think that he's just put into the best situation. I don't necessarily know if he's the most talented back in the draft. That's up. That's up for debate, and uh, we'll see by the end of the season. We'll probably know who's the most talented. But fantasy-wise, because of the situation, I'm going to have to say Clyde Edwards-Alaire because – that Chiefs offense, they kind of needed a running back, and that's the last piece in a totally just insane offense. So I think that that'll be good for him. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Lair's also got that catching, a pass-catching ability that we all love in half PPR leagues. Um, so, yeah, I would go with Edwards-Lair too. So we'll go to wide receiver, and this is a really fun position. There are a lot of guys who are close together in fantasy rankings, or at least relatively close together. In fact, two guys that I've got right next to each other. Um, the first wide receiver we wrote down is Jerry Judy, and uh, he was, I think, the most talented receiver in the draft, although it's close between CeeDee Lamb and Judy. Uh, he went to the Broncos. But, Chris, his role is really tough to predict because we don't know. Yes, he's talented, but we don't know about the target share over there in Denver. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough because they do have K.J. Hamler as well, and I don't know exactly what it's going to look like obviously drew lock adds some um, is another piece to the puzzle you don't really know what he's going to do is he going to be a good drew lock is he going to be a bad drew lock we'll see but i think that if drew lock is good i'd say that cd lamb can be a pretty good receiver i'm not too worried about too much competition because i think that it'll mainly be uh judy and sutton and i don't think that hamler's going to have too much value but i do think that there's a chance that Hamler has value but mainly it relies on uh or the Judy's fantasy potential mainly uh, lies in Drew Locke's hands. Yeah, I agree as well. It's all on Drew Locke. And he doesn't have that much experience. He was more of a project pick in the second round. So I'm not really too confident in Locke. But, I mean, he's surrounded with good weapons now. Melvin Gordon, the addition of Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler really helps him. So we'll see how he does in his second year. And he might be an interesting – he's an interesting guy for me that you should go barely undrafted, I would say. I think we talked about this in our last episode. He was like my number 25 quarterback, I believe. So, um, yeah, for me, he's just yep. barely undrafted. He's right there. Yeah. 
Um, so we also got CeeDee Lamb on this list, and CeeDee Lamb went to the uh, Cowboys. He dropped a lot, and I think he's – I first see him sort of taking the slot role at, that Randall Cobb had and maybe switching to the outside a little bit with Amari Cooper. With Jason Witten leaving and Randall Cobb leaving, that opens up some targets. Obviously, some of those will be sucked up by Blake Jarwin and maybe some other receivers. But I think while Michael Gallup will stay involved, CeeDee Lamb will be too. And I think both of those guys, especially in a pass-happy offense, are decent options for fantasy. Yeah, I've seen some people that have gotten very excited about C.D. Lamb, but I'm actually going to have to disagree. I think that Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are the clear-cut one and two for the Cowboys, and I think that C.D. Lamb is going to fall into a number three role for the Cowboys. So I actually don't like his value that much next year. I mean, yeah, I, number three role isn't is fine with me, though, because with Cobb and Witten were sort of fighting for the three role last year. And if you've got a talented guy in that role – which, I mean, sorry to Cobb and Witten. Obviously, you're talented enough to make the NFL. And Witten is very talented because he's one of the best tight ends ever. Um, but Lamb, I think, is a more talented receiver than Randall Cobb, and he'll be able to take up more he'll, – he'll, his target share will be better than either Cobb's or Witten's, and I think he can be good as a three. One of those rare wide receiver threes in an offense that can actually be pretty good, I would say. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, also Our got- third uh, wide receiver on this list is Henry Ruggs. So what do you think, Calvin? Um, Ruggs is, Ruggs is of course more of a deep threat, but I like Ruggs more. I think he's number 57 on my wide receiver rankings. I like Ruggs more for what he does for the rest of the team. He gives Josh Jacobs some space in the running game. He gives Darren Waller an escape from those wretched double teams that plagued him all last season. So I think I like Ruggs more for his contributions to other players on the Raiders than for his own value. I think because the Raiders drafted, I guess, Brian Edwards as well. And then they've still got Hunter Renfro. They added Nelson Aguilar. Um, so they're, are a lot of targets there. Foster Moreau gets occasional targets and uh, the backup tight end to Waller and Richard, the pa- Jalen Richard, the pass catching running back gets some targets as well. But um, for me, it's still rugs is more helpful to the rest of his team. And because of those targets, I don't know for, for a deep guy who may not get that many targets, that's not necessarily the best combo. Yeah. I've never heard anyone take that stance that he kind of makes the Raiders better, but I, t- I couldn't agree more. I mean, he just, He's going to be a guy that just totally, like you said, lets up, makes room for Darren Waller. I mean, maybe I I didn't like any of the Raiders wide receivers in the first place, but maybe I could consider bumping them up a little. I still don't like them that much. But I think that you're right, Calvin, that he's just going to serve a role of more letting other players loose on that team. Yeah, I mean, I liked Hunter Renfro before the Raiders drafted a couple wideouts, but um, now I don't really like him anymore. Um, but yeah, Ruggs is just going to be more helpful to the rest of his team. And while he can catch balls that aren't deep, Derek Carr still likes to spread the ball around. Um, and he, now that he's got even more targets, I think even though Ruggs is talented, the ball will still be spread around at least a decent amount. And um, also we got Justin Jefferson on this list, and I like him as a really high upside guy who – has a pretty low floor, but will could settle into a nice wide receiver two role, sort of like what Stefan Diggs had. I don't know the target share. I don't love the target share in the Vikings' run-heavy offense, but Chris, I think there's enough there that you can say Jefferson. I I have him as a back-end wide receiver three. Yeah, I I, I think I'm gonna move just uh, my my top two rookie wide receivers on the list are uh, Judy and Jefferson, and I think I'm gonna have to knock them both down a little just because I don't love either of them, but I think that. Jefferson, I like him even less than Judy. I might have to knock him down even more because of the fact that that he played 99% in the slot in college, and I think it's going to be tough to adjust in his first year in the NFL. So basically for that reason, and obviously the reason I'm worried about that slot thing is because of Adam Thielen there. So I am a little bit worried about that, and that's the only reason why I don't think – why I don't think – 
he'll be like super good next year. I mean, I, I'd much rather have someone like Darius Slayton. Oh, no, I would not rather have Darius Slayton than Justin Jefferson. Once the season gets closer and more people listen to fantasy podcasts, we got to do Would You Rather Darius Slayton versus Justin Jefferson and then just go at it or something. Mm-hmm. I bet you yeah, would take – would we'll, you, you we'll would probably take – If you guys ahead. listen to the debate section, we'll have another one of those at some point. Yeah, you would probably take Darius Slayton over Allen Robinson, wouldn't you? He's like in wide receiver one, Darius Slayton. <laughs> Darius Slayton is going to be good. I don't know why you don't – you don't but you, this you yet, just Calvin. didn't answer my question, Darius Slayton or Allen Robinson. Does that mean you think Darius Slayton is better? No, I don't think that Darius Slayton is better than Allen Robinson, but okay, I do think you. that Darius Slayton is better than – let me read someone that's gonna on your list that's going to make you really mad. Better than Terry McLaurin. No. I don't even like would, McLaurin that much next year, but I still would say – Landry. Better than Landry. No, not better than Landry. What are you talking about? No, 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 better no, than, no, no. Better than Debo Samuel. No, no, not even Debo. I don't like Debo, but I, Debo's still 10 spots higher. I mean, I'm, yeah, wait, let me, let I don't me, hate Debo, but I don't really like him his value that much. Actually, no, no, no. He won't be better than uh, Jarvis. I take that back. Oh, I want to take that back. That. And then he won't be better than Debo either. Oh, yeah, yeah. He won't be better than McLaurin. He'll definitely be way better than McLaurin. Oh, that's, no. That's way better? What are you talking about? Where do you have McLaurin in your rankings? 34 or 33. I haven't been like 27 and I thought, I thought that he'll was be better than, He'll be better than Tyler Boyd. No. Mc, wait, McLaurin is better than Boyd? No, no, no. Uh, Slayton. No! I love Tyler Boyd. Boyd's going to be better than McLaurin. I mean, McLaurin, I okay, think I have him at 27 and you have fantasy Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd better than Adam Thielen. Yeah, I was going to move up Thielen. We talked about this on our live show, Second and Goal Sports Talk, which you can find on the Sportscaster app, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R, no, uh, sportscaster.com. Slash... Uh, I think we talked about it on the uh, live show. The no, podcast. we did. Oh, was it on the podcast? Yeah, it was on the podcast because we never did a fantasy episode on the Oh, yeah, we didn't. Show. So, yeah, I guess we talked about it on the podcast. But anyway, you can still find our live show at S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R, sportscaster.com slash sg sports talk again sportscaster spelled the way i read it to you uh, dot com slash sg sports talk you can also check us out on the sportscaster app also spelled the way i read it to you but um no but here's the thing i mean mclaurin i have at 27 and i have him lower than most fantasy analysts from mclaurin right now no but i have him lower than adam thielen below tyler boyd adam thielen come on i didn't really i didn't i looked at thielen stats the end of last year and i didn't really love it I, I yeah, really didn't. I wasn't into Tyler it. Boyd he was averaging like 9.9, 9.9 half as a rookie quarterback. 9.9 better than DJ Chark, okay, okay, who's okay. being thrown to by Gardner Minshew. DJ Chark was good last year. And let, let me just tell you, 9.9 half PPR points per game for Adam Thielen in the games he was active. I mean, I think two of those games he might have gotten hurt in, but it still doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, maybe I'm, I said I would move him up a couple spots, but then I decided not to because I didn't really Calvin like Ridley at 16? Yes, Calvin Ridley will be good next year. Wait, wait, where do I have Calvin Ridley? I I, I need to move oh. him up because I. Oh boy, oh boy! Looks like I won that argument there. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, you, you I'm trying to talk about McLaurin. I have Calvin Ridley. I have Calvin Ridley at McLaurin. Um, I have lower than most fantasy. Oh, experts. I don't have him too. Big. I don't have him too different. I have However, at, I have him at I have him at 23. Oh, okay. I mean that's fair. McLaurin, I have lower than most fantasy experts, but I still think he'll be pretty good next year. Uh, we were on Jefferson. And I was mm-hmm. saying that Jefferson is very versatile. I think he's very talented. Or I was about to say that. And I think he could um, – he, if Jamar Chase wasn't there on the outside for LSU, I think he could have played in the outside if he had to. It's just that LSU's receivers were so good. Then Thaddeus Moss was there but too. But if he could play, he would have played more than 1%. 
Because Jamar Chase isn't in there for 99% of the snaps. Really? Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm 100% sure because receivers, when they go on like a long run or something, normally they come out for the next player for like a run play or something. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's for every single receiver there is, so. Yeah, I think he would have played more. Okay, uh, number five is Michael Pitt. Or not really number five. This oh, I mean, the, yeah, these aren't really forward. our rankings. This is just the order we put them on the sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the order number five. Them. Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I think good. I think he's yeah, going to do big things for the Indianapolis Colts. He's got one of the safest floors of any rookie. I really mm-hmm. don't like T.Y. Hilton next year. Um, Chris isn't going to like that at all. I really don't like T.Y. Hilton next year. So I think Pittman will be able to do big things. With a quarterback in Rivers who doesn't really – Philip Rivers who doesn't really have many guys to go to. So Pittman's target chair will be there. And yet Hilton and Do- Jack Doyle will be able to take off some pressure from him as a rookie. Yeah, we really disagree on Hilton. Yeah. Oh, I hate Hilton. I haven't met, I haven't met 20. I had a coughing fit there because uh, I couldn't stand taking T.Y. Hilton as the number 20 wide receiver gone. Um, You have him at number 32, which is too low. No, it's not. He's behind. He's like the last of that tier. He's before Michael Gallup, and even that's a little generous. I just can't wait. Like, I just can't wait until the end of the season, and then we compare (sighs) our rankings. I just can't wait. Like, it's going to be okay. lovely. Wait, are we comparing fantasy season rankings? Oh, so we're not including week 17 because it's fantasy season rankings. So that doesn't yeah, count. yeah. Weeks mm-hmm. 1 through 16, we're just making it clear now. Half point PPR, 2020 fantasy leagues. Uh, we'll see whose rankings are better. And I don't know. Oh, uh, hopefully. I was about to say we'll forget about it, but there's no way we're forgetting about no, it. We're going to have many more of these that. debates. I am not season. forgetting about that. <laughs> he'll be he'll probably be pestering me. It's like, Calvin, let's check the rankings. Calvin, come on, check the rankings. Let's go check the rankings <laughs> now. All season long. Uh, yep. Let's check the rankings for week one. Yeah, because Calvin knows I'm going to be right. That's why I know. No, Darius Slayton's going to have his one good game in week one, and then he's going to be like, let's check the rankings now. So, mm-hmm. um, I wonder okay. who he has week one. Let me just see. I bet Darius Slayton has an easy week one matchup. Let me just go check. Um, I, didn't even, I don't know the schedule off the top of my head, of who course. Who are the Giants but... playing? Why do I not know? Who's the Giants opener? I think yeah, Mr. Giants playing fan. The Rams? Uh, or, wait, see. who are they playing? You don't even know. I, I know they're not. Uh, um, let me just check. I mean, I can't blame you. It's hard to remember schedules sometimes. But uh, I mean, oh, let's see. Um, is see. this Steelers? It looks like it's the Steelers on Monday oh, yeah, it's night Steelers. football. Mm. I don't know okay, that's I actually an awful answer. matchup. So let's go. Darius Slade's gonna play badly in Week One with an awful matchup. The Steelers. He's gonna go up the middle and he'll be like open for once. I mean, no, I'm I'm not gonna say open for once because he's a talented guy. It's just that I don't like. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you, thank you. Yes. No, I never said he was any good connection with with Daniel Jones. Okay. Not better than the rest Anyways. of the wide receivers. No, no, no. Talking about Darius Slayton. No, I'm just saying Minka Patrick's just gonna pick him off. I was about to say something, and then I decided we should try and not do it. Okay, number six is Denzel Mims. Wait, try not do what? Now, I'll 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 tell you guys later. Maybe at the end of the show. Wait, what? Why are you keeping secrets? I will. I will. I promise, Calvin. Calvin, you'll understand at the end. Okay. Okay, well, so I'll be talking about second and goal fantasy at gmail.com. No, 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 no. <laughs> Calvin, trust me, you'll know what I'm talking about at the end. Okay. Okay. Number I, six I is Denzel Mims from the rookie wide receivers. He's and, not, he wait, shouldn't be drafted in fantasy leagues. I'm drawing a blank. Who did Mims get drafted by? Jets. He shouldn't be drafted in fantasy leagues. Adam Gase? Yeah. Oh, no, we not. couldn't go an episode. Calvin, we couldn't that's go what an I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. We couldn't go an episode say. without mentioning Adam Gase. We couldn't. Yeah, and I was going to try and get, see if we could get to the end without mentioning him. 
Okay, Adam Gase plus Sam Darnold plus also having Brashad Perryman and Jamison Crowder there equals fantasy uh, not too relevant for Denzel Mims. He won't be in the top 60, but he might be kind of close. Yeah, he's um, a guy that could creep up in the waiver wire, and maybe if you're kind of in a – if you're, if you're, you're really risky spot. or if you're a big Jets fan, maybe you're drafting him. But other than that – No, don't draft because they're your favorite team. Oh, that's what Chris – I just realized! That's what Chris do, is no. doing! No, he likes no. Evan Ingram better than me. He likes Darius Slayton better than me because he likes the Giants better than me. No. Yes. That is not true. I don't like I don't like Evan Ingram that much more than you. I just don't think that there's as really, much injury really. risk as you think there is. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. I just sure, sure. I it's not that I don't it's I think I I've Evan Ingram at six or at five. Mm-hmm. You oh, have wait, him at seven. Wait, and that's because you're you're high on Higby and you don't mind Zach Ertz. I hate Zach Ertz, and that's the main reason and I'm not as high on Higby as you. So okay, it's not okay. that I love Ingram. It's just, just Okay, that I, but still the Slayton thing. I I don't know. Did, did, did you just like meet Slayton when like you no, were younger? Trust me, Calvin. Jerry Slayton will be good. Trust <laughs> he me. He met know. him when you were younger and he's like, I promise you I will be good for your fantasy team. I will be a top twenty twenty six wide receiver, wherever you have him. Twenty nine, actually. I have him at twenty nine. Wait, you said you had him at like twenty six. Okay, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I thought I did. I, I think uh, I considered moving him. He'll up be like, and I decided trust me, I'll be a top 30 fantasy wide receiver one day. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Anyways, one day when they lose all their the, targets. Okay. J- Jalen Rager, and this is finally a guy. We're back uh, back off of Denzel Mims and onto a guy that I think could actually be somewhat fantasy relevant next mm-hmm. year. He should be drafted. Yeah, I, I think. Do, where do I have him in my rankings? I'm actually not sure. I have him at like really like 59 or 60. Or no, I have him at like 55 actually. I moved him up a little. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard will take some targets. But Rager, he also. What? The main... Wait, Calvin, Calvin, can we please disagree with this? What? Touchdown Kirk has Darius Slayton at number 56. Oh, oh my. Wait, can I can I go? Oh my goodness, I, I need a I need a contact touchdown, Kirk, right away, because um that is kind of that, that's that's really low. We can agree on that. Eh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's very very low. Wait, let me. Uh, we shouldn't berate our fellow fantasy analysts, but um, touchdown, Kirk may be a little bit incorrect. He has Allen Robinson higher than you do. Really? Where? At eight. Where's oh, I have nine. Okay, I think he forgot about Galladay though. I mean, maybe maybe he didn't, but. I don't know. Maybe he likes. I, he might might like Rob, might like might like Robinson more. That's than just Gallagher. a problem. He likes Anthony Miller more than Darius Slayton. I want to check where I have Anthony Miller. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I have him. him. No, 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 no. I think I have him like five spots lower than Slayton. So, um, <laughs> um, but no, Rager. The targets. I think the target share may not be there, and because he dealt with drops last season at TCU, I'm a little bit worried about him. And I might move mm-hmm, him down yeah. a little bit, but he's he a back end guy. He's by drops as well, so I think that that could yeah. be a problem. He's a back end, pretty high upside guy that you can draft, especially with Jeffrey having injury risk and may not he may not start the season on the field. Rager might develop a nice chemistry with Went- Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and then continue that even when Jeffrey comes back. Although I like yeah, I, I think I I I have to keel Harry at number fifty six, but I think I'm gonna have to swap that out for Jalen Rager. Okay, I'm mm. gonna have to bump. I'm gonna have to bump Harry out of my ranking. I think. Harry, um, yeah, yeah my, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, number eight uh, on our list is Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. I think I moved him into my rankings recently. I'm at number fifty-eight or something like that. I think he could be a nice number two to Debo Samuel, but the target share in the run-heavy offense won't really be there that much. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah, I actually like Brandon Ayuk talent-wise, and I think that. 
he could be good. I mean, he could be a nice compliment with Debo Samuel because Debo Samuel is, I don't want to say like crazy play, but he's kind of a change of pace wide receiver, if that's a thing. Like he runs mm-hmm. a lot of end arounds and stuff where I think that Brandon Ayuk can be that more consistent kind of just guy that you know is going to be out there. He's going to be running some crossing routes and he's just going to get some good receptions. I actually think that he could be a favorite, become a favorite target of Jimmy G. And I don't know. I actually don't like Brandon Ayuk. I like Brandon Ayuk next year. I think you don't definitely like fantasy. You do. I do like him. I think that he's definitely fantasy relevant. Oh, nice. I think touchdown Kirk has him at like 45, which is a little crazy to me, but I think he could be pretty fantasy relevant next yeah, year. Yeah, I, I, I think I forgot to add him to my rankings. I actually think I forgot. Ooh, he forgot. He did forget, didn't he? Um, also, KJ Hamler, not very fantasy relevant. We're going to talk about him. He's probably the fifth target in that offense behind Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, and the two wide receivers. Or maybe fourth ahead of Gordon. But Gordon will still take some targets. So will Philip Lindsay. So I don't really like KJ Hamler. He's also a little more of a developmental player in his rookie mm-hmm. season. I totally agree. Um, next, we've got T. Higgins as well, who I think is just outside of my top 60. With A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon there, he'll be competing for targets. And I think Joe Mixon's also an underrated pass catcher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually and agree Chris, as well. we'll start with you with uh, LaVisca Chanel this time. Yeah, so LaVisca Chanel is actually – Calvin, I think you're a little bit more high on him than I am. I don't like him. I definitely don't have him in my top 60. I don't think he should be drafted. Mm-hmm. But I, and I don't really see the potential there. I don't think he's going to have much of an impact. I mean, every time I think of LaVisca Chanel, I think, oh, the wide receiver too with DJ Chark, but I keep forgetting about D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll go to our favorites, and this is where we have a difference in our favorites. Uh, I like Justin Jefferson better, and Chris has Jerry Judy. I'm not really sure between Jefferson and Judy, but I put Jefferson so that we could spark a debate. Chris, why don't you tell us why you have it Judy better um, than Jefferson? I think that Judy, I, I like the uh, – I don't necessarily like the quarterback situation better, but I just like the overall kind of team. I Like I said, the one reason I, I would by far have Justin Jefferson more higher if Ad, if I knew that – if Adam Thielen was an outside receiver. But because Adam Thielen oh, yeah. is a is a slot receiver, I just don't trust Justin Jefferson enough to put him ahead of Jerry Judy. Okay, I just feel like we talk about this episode after episode. I feel like his he's better. He can be good on the outside. His contested catch rate, which was great in college, mm-hmm. showed that. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly that's exactly why I have trouble with this question because I think that he is just as good as Jerry Judy if he didn't have that competition in the slot role. Well, not as good talent wise, but you yeah, know, but as like good just fantasy situation wise. Yeah, fantasy wise, the best and worst fantasy situations. Um, that was a couple, an episode a couple weeks ago. In case you were a new listener, um, you're a new listener. You could wait. Well, I, don't, I don't know what I was gonna say. I was either gonna say you should go back into the catalogs, or you should have started listening earlier. But I couldn't decide which. So, um, yeah. But I, I like Jefferson better because I feel like he'll adjust to the outside role, and I believe in him more than Chris. Although Judy is very close. He's very close there. I think Jefferson for me is at 34, number 34 wide receiver, and Judy is 35. So yep, I agree. Let's go to tight end. I was about to end it, but I forgot about tight end. We just have two guys here that aren't very relevant, Cole Komet and Adam Troutman. So, Chris, why don't you give us your thoughts on both? Uh, neither of them are really too relevant. I think that the Bears have a bad offense. He's an interesting dynasty stash just because of the fact that he could uh, have an impact but in the future, but not this year. I don't know. What do you think of Adam Troutman, Calvin? 
Um, yeah, Adam Troutman, he, he's – yeah, he's more of a guy who won't really have an impact this year. I think he'll maybe steal – probably steal a couple touchdowns from Jared Cook since he's a big target. I, I think he's a big target. So I think he'll take a couple touchdowns from Jared Cook because he is a big target. And But he, other than that, he won't be very relevant. And then Cole Komet, with Jimmy Graham there and with the Bad Bears offense, um, I don't think he'll be relevant now. He's an interesting dynasty stash because in a couple of years, I wouldn't be shocked if Jimmy Graham leaves. I, in fact, I would be shocked if Jimmy Graham doesn't leave in the next couple of years because Jimmy Graham has really uh, declined. So if Jimmy Graham leaves Chicago, sort of like Cole Komet, but I mean, it was a sort of a weak tight end class. So Komet's not the greatest, but he's all right. So um, I guess our favorites, uh, our favorites differed here. None of these guys yeah, for us are top it's, 24. Yeah, it's because none of them, we don't like either of them, but we have different favorites. I like Troutman because I think here and now he's better for the future Comets better. I think that Troutman has the ability to grab some touchdown passes, and that's the only reason I would put him ahead of Comet is because of that touchdown capability. I mean, I just think he'll get like two or three. And I guess, yeah, yes. And I think that, and the uh, Troutman is in a much more high-powered offense, and with two guys that aren't going to be getting much, my gut feeling is that, he'll be more of his targets will be in the red zone. So I think that that's going to lead to more points. Whereas commit, I don't think he's going to be getting anywhere near the red zone. And I don't think I can rely on yards for either of them. So I just had to say Troutman. I mean, Troutman for me, yes, a tight end pretty much guaranteed. Uh, tight end can get pretty much get a guaranteed good fantasy game with a touchdown. But I think Troutman only get like a two or three or maybe four. And then Komet has a little bit of potential to take over from Jimmy Graham. Also, the a ton there's tons of weapons in New Orleans. They've got Alvin Kamar running back. Taysom Hill's going to take some touches at wide receiver. They just added Emmanuel Sanders. They've got the most targeted guy in the league by far, and who set tar- t- uh, reception records. And Michael Thomas. Uh, they've got Jared Cook, of course, who's a big red zone target and will take some touchdowns or take most of the touchdowns. I just think Komet has – I don't like either of these guys, and they shouldn't be drafted, but I think Komet has a little more potential. Um, so that's it for the episode. Chris, we're at the end of the show, so what, what do I need to understand now? That was the Adam Gase thing is what I was going to tell you. Okay, wait. I thought we were about to go an entire episode without talking about Adam Gase, but then the next player we talked about was Adam involved Adam Gase and we talked about how bad No, but wait, why'd you have to wait till the end of the show to tell me that? Because I, because I didn't want to mention Adam Gase because then we would have mentioned it, but at the end of the show, we would have basically been a whole, whole show without mentioning it. But I did mention it earlier and you're like, let's wait I know. The the- okay, I don't, I don't know. That's what I was saying. I, I, I when we, tar- we talked about, we were talking about Darius Slayton and I was, for some reason, it connected to Adam Gase and I was saying, oh yeah, I, oh, I was about to say how Darius Slayton, we always talk about Darius Slayton every episode, just like and then I caught myself because I was about to say Adam Gase. I was like, okay, we're going to try and make it through an entire episode. I was like, oh, I was about to say something, but I'll wait till the end of the episode. And then you spoiled it with the next guy because we can't go in. Well, we were talking about Denzel episode. Mims or something. It was like Adam yeah. Gase plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that's the end of the show. Thanks for downloading and listening as always. If you want to email us with questions about fantasy football, please head over to uh, – I was about to say sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. You should go to email us at second and goal fantasy at gmail.com. You can also find our rankings and articles at sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. If you want to check out our live streams and weekly uh, collab live shows, as well as special live shows where Chris and I are both on. Um, so we have those once a week, we have special ones where we're both together. And then we also put out solo live streams pretty frequently. So you can go to S P O R T S C A S T R. Uh, dot com slash sg sports talk you can also download the sportscaster app uh, again how i spelled it without the e um so and you can go check us out at sg sports talk so make sure to watch our show um thanks for listening uh make sure to rate us and review us on apple Podcasts. we saw that new review but i actually forgot we actually forgot to uh put it in the note sheet 
for today's episode so that we could read it. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll read it next episode because we like to read them at the beginning. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I did see that. And uh, so, and Chris saw that too. So thanks for so much for leaving the review, um, but make sure to rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Keep downloading on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Um, TuneIn was not updating for some reason. And I don't know if this is uh, our fault, but TuneIn is not updating right now. I hope it updates soon. Um, but yeah, anyway, just go check us out on all those platforms. Thanks for listening and we will see you guys next time.